You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist. And this is episode 74 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, and we will probably, and I say probably, we'll see what happens, Join be joined later in the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. Unfortunately, as always, it still happened. The check, it's just, it's not making it to him. He hasn't been paid. This is the Always Moto Podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport, or in this case, lack of this week. I'm quite surprised, and but rather happy about it, to be honest. Normally, it's because hashtag injuries are a part of moto, but not so much so fast in these first round of the Super Motocross series. So we are going to be talking that round from Super Motocross at round one that was at Charlotte and looking ahead to this weekend at Chicago for round two of this playoff series. We'll have a Dave's Diatribe. That's right, Dave's Diatribe is going to make a return uh, and a surprising lack of an emergency department as we touched on just here um, from the Super Motocross so far. But we will have a couple of little pieces here to go through about the emergency department. So check that out later in the show. But bringing us the show today, as always, Competitive Edge Performance. Are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you are just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered. They offer in-person sessions and top-notch online programs that are accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years of industry experience and plenty more laps logged personally in racing motocross, their coaches know what it takes to succeed. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. Always Moto Podcast listeners can get 50% off your first month on their training app when you use the code COMPEDGECOACH, all in capital letters. So that's C-O-M-P-E-D-G-E-C-O-A-C-H. Check it out. All right, and also Slantboard Guy, they're still with, with us here. They are still offering the Always Moto Podcast listeners a 10% discount on a slant board. So get your squats on point in the gym and improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs. Get yourself a slant board. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save. Endurance recovery boots, they are still around. We've got another thing coming with them shortly, but those boots help you be recovered for your next session, that pressure system is like a massage. You get yourself into those boots and relax whilst you watch some TV and be ready for your next session. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save. 
And Tech 167 3D Printing, do you need something cool for your bike? I just shared today an image of one of the um, funnels that have gone out that screw into your oil filler cap, so it means no mess. Check these things out, guys. They are super cool. Um, a code, always moto in lowercase at checkout to save with Tech 167. And just a reminder, their website is down. You need to email them, but let them know that you're a listener and they'll still get you that discount. Uh, and as always, we need your show support direct. We have our T-shirts available. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Send us an email to info at alwaysmoto.com and put T-shirt order in the subject line and we'll be in touch with payment via PayPal. And speaking of PayPal, send us a donation. We have the links available um, to just send in a donation. And if you want, drop in a message or a question in the show in the in the notes when you put do that a deposit, and uh, we'll be here on the show and talk and give you that answer. Um, but we do need that support so we can get to some of these races in 2024. If you want to support, um. So to find all of those supporters, I just went off on another tangent there. If you want to find all of those supporters and follow the links, you just need to follow the links in our show notes below uh, or in our bio on our social pages. All right, enough with the intro talk. I've got tongue-tied a couple of times there. Let's jump into the main part of the show. Hi there, my name is Eldon Baker and I'm from the Baker's Factory and you're listening to Always Motor. All right, we're rolling into the show. It's been an interesting week here with Super Motocross kicking off, uh, and we've got the contractor back on the line. How are we doing, Benny? I'm all right. How are you, Dave? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I hear you weren't overly thrilled with Super Motocross this weekend, mate. No, I was pretty excited for it, Um, but I watched the first two motos and it just, I don't know, it just didn't have that, hype after that i was yeah i was a bit disappointed it was a diff if i was excited going in i watched i watched a fair bit of race day live um and then had to come back and watch the races later on i wasn't able to watch at the time that it was live in the morning because i had things early in the morning for it and um came back watched it later on and just was kind of flat all day watching it you know, in terms of the four motors, it just didn't didn't do it for me, and I think it was just purely down to the track. It didn't excite me, and it looked just like a stupid layout to me. Yeah, it was a bit, you know, just sort of one lined and uh, very rough, and yeah, there was just, you know, like you said, the layout was a bit silly. Um, the split start was interesting. Um, but you think so? yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's yeah, I, I don't know. I found it like just a bit of a gimmick. Like, yeah, it's cool, but I I just felt like they had to do a split start there because of the like Z Max dragway there for Charlotte. Um, I feel like obviously with the widths of the two drag strips, and then they had the sections either side of that. They didn't have the space to create a you know one line gate, so I feel like they had to do it. And then the way they had to do it, then to into the center onto the race tracks, um, they just it was all purely everything for that track at Zmax was just based on the shape that they had to work with. And I just feel like the shape does not allow a track to be designed that was raceable. Being rough, like you said, I actually don't mind that part of it. I reckon that was cool, but rough and one line sucks for entertaining racing yeah it does and the you know like you said they had to sort of go with what they had but 
there wasn't much else. I think the best part of the track was probably the split lane. Yeah, probably, and that was outside of the drag strip. So yeah. <laughs> tell me something that I didn't already say. So it's kind of like I wonder if they look at that event you know, as the promoters of Super Motocross, when they're trying to book venues for next year, if they haven't already done like a double deal sort of thing for multi-years, if they look at what they had to work with in the end and think, hmm, maybe that was a bad idea. Let's not go back to a drag strip. Or do they just take it because, one, it was cheap or something like that? I don't know. But, yeah, you wonder if they'll do that venue again because of the way the track was forced into a certain shape. Well, I guess we'll tell this weekend, um, you know, and they're going to the Speedway this weekend. And, you know, the track doesn't look too bad on, you know, in the picture, but same thing, it might come down to racing it and it might be in the same boat. So then if the Speedway's, you know, sort of no good for the hybrid type, um, even though I think this one's probably going to be more motocrossy than supercross, but, you know, they might have two things they look at and go, yeah, this maybe doesn't work as well as we thought. Yeah, but I think some of this, like obviously with the Z-Max Stadium there at Charlotte, there was so many S-bends because they had to sort of cross from one lane, like one drag strip over to the X exit, like the, the side strip of it, and then go a big flat turn around the end of it because that's all they could do to then run back down the other drag strip lane and so on and so forth. And that the, the S-bends that sort of crisscrossed over that wall, it ends up with one line. Like it's a, what's the fastest way through an S-bend? Well, it's the inside of one corner, it's the inside of the next corner. You know, like everyone knows that. It's pretty obvious. And these pros aren't going to change a line. They're going to go the most direct route. Um, and that just didn't allow the racing. But then you look at this one for this weekend in Chicago at, at Speedway Chicago Land. It's got plenty of S-bends too. And it kind of worries me that this is going to then turn into something that's just another follow the leader to some degree. There is, I will say, the track map does show that there is at least two 180-degree bowl turns. Uh, whether they're built as bowl turns or not, we'll find out on the you know when you can see the coverage. But at least looks that way. But there is a lot still S bends on this track, and I don't like that. And yeah, there is, um, especially in the sand section. There's a what? There's, there's three or four, four there. Yeah, something yeah. Like <laughs> so yeah, just just one section has you know four in it. So yeah, I think um, well, we're just going to have to wait and see what it ends up being yeah at least for me there's no um split start on this one they've got the room of being the speedway to just have a conventional 40 man gate or 22 man or whatever it is for supercross i just said 40 because it's motocross we're super motocrossing maybe they've got 30 but no i know it's 22 shut up everybody um but yeah at least it's one one gate strip so that is good um can't quite make out what they're doing at the end of that start straight there but with the way the track is there. There's that. Have you got any idea what they're doing there in a normal lap when the start line isn't involved? Well, it almost looks like they can go around the corner and go over the bridge <laughs> and back up, <laughs> up to the top. But, um, yeah, it is very confusing just looking at it. Actually, I'm assuming that yellow section that they've got highlighted around the left-hand bend after the straight is all for the start only. And the rest of it's going to be 
I don't know. I'm going to confuse myself. But, yeah, we'll have to see what it is when they bloody get there. <laughs> Let's move on from that part because I'm going to sound like an idiot at this point. I can't figure it out. I'm looking, to, looking harder and harder and I just can't see it anymore. It's getting blurrier. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so but look, let's talk about the racing. Obviously, uh, Jet Streak ended. Not that this was technically part of the same series, but it ended. Interestingly enough, Chase ended this run of his of Hunter uh, of Jets on at the twenty third moto. And obviously, interesting that Chase is number twenty three. So coincidence, maybe. Um, maybe it was just the fact that it was a change of style of racing. We'll have to have to mark it down to a few different things there. But Chase got the win, and he looked pretty happy with himself about it too. Yeah, I think he, you know, he was pretty happy, and I mean, he did well. I mean, well done to him. He didn't uh, didn't do the old, um, yeah, tuck the front. Um, there's plenty of boys in our group chat that love uh, dropping that on him every race, just saying, you know, when's it going to happen? But, um, you know, he's pretty clean and, um, you know, caught up to Kenny in that second moto um, or whatever whatever we're going to call them. Uh, and, yeah, got the win in the second one and just, yeah, got the clean sweep. So, I think that's a, you know, a positive thing for him, especially after, you know, the 20 well he didn't race all of them but you know coming second or whatever to jet all the time um at least he knows he can beat him yeah exactly obviously that confidence is is back now for chase so it'll be interesting to see what these next two rounds bring and obviously the other side of that is that he got some decent starts they weren't great starts they weren't whole shots um but Jet's starts went completely mia for both of those so it'll be interesting to see if jet and and you know the hrc boys work out something better for jet on those starts to then improve the scenario and if if we finally see a race which we didn't get to see in the outdoors where chase leads jet and they you know a one two start on top of each other and they can go at it for the whole moto and if if jet can make a pass on chase which chase wasn't able to do in the outdoors on jet so I'll be looking forward to seeing something like that in these rounds that are remaining here, these two more or well, four more motos to go. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing. Yeah, well, hopefully they do. I mean, the, the points race is pretty uh, close now at the moment too. And then you add, you know, add in the double and triple uh, points. If, uh, you know, either one of them makes a mistake, um, that could be, you know, could be the end of it. So uh, I'd say they'll race hard and, and as clean as they can. But, yeah, one slip up and that might be it. Could be. Could be. Yeah, the points is going to be interesting how this all plays out as well. There's a few things to watch. Hopefully it's a bit more interesting for you this weekend. Um, and then in the 250 class, Joe Shimoda with the win overall. Um, Hayden Deegan did pretty well Moto 1 but faded off probably from the crash in qualifying um, been a bit sore for him in Moto Two, but Shimoda's uh, back. He's won two in a row now. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I couldn't imagine what uh, Mitch Payton would be thinking now that you know the rumours are swirling around that he's leaving and going to Honda. Um, so yeah, you just sort of sit back and you go, "Where's this been?" You know. I know he had to, had an injury coming into the Supercross this year, which, you know, sort of stopped him from probably doing well. But, 
Yeah, I mean, it's good for Joe. He's not going to complain, but, yeah, you, you, the team's probably sitting there going, like I said, you know, where was this? Yeah, you probably, you've touched on something that I think is a little bit underrated in all this is that that injury right before when the East Coast Supercross was meant to start for him uh, really derailed the Supercross aspect for him. But it really then affects his preparation and training and his just physical conditioning heading into that outdoor series and as much as he says he's ready to go you can start to see now how long an injury has actually taken him to get over and regain fitness and that top level you know ability um it's only that last couple of races in the outdoors and now this weekend as well that he's really been on song and i just think that's just down to that injury recovery that you know most people will probably have already completely forgotten about but it did happen right at a probably a very bad timing in terms of uh, his whole season. So, yeah, I think he's just finally there, which is awesome for him. But the one that was missing a bit in action was uh, Hunter Lawrence. Our Solzy fans weren't able to see anything from Hunter really this this race. He had absolute shocking round, um, crashing early in both motos. And look, I think the the first moto the the watering. Uh, kind of got him. The track was rather slippery, it seemed, in those first motos. Yeah, well, he had a nice tip over uh, in that first moto, and you know, I think that's you know, it was just hard to hard to try and claw it back. And um, yeah, they just you know, they've done him and Jed have just done so well in the in the outdoors, and to come in and you know get the results they got, we. Uh, yeah, we weren't expecting that, so it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, a little bit disappointing. And you touched on something that I wanted to bring up. I feel like both Jet and Hunter uh, suffering that uh, hangover, championship hangover experience that we normally would see from the Supercross champ heading into the start of motocross. That We, we seem to have had it there for year on year where the guy who won the Supercross title has to do so much media in those week or two after the championship that he doesn't really get the prep time. He's also sort of had that pressure release of like, oh, I did it, you know, and then that first round of outdoors, maybe the second round of outdoors, they don't really care too much at that point. They don't have to fight, but then it slowly builds back in. And I wonder if this was that for Jet and Hunter. They, they just weren't quite ready. They've obviously done a heap of media, as we could see over here, they finally got a lot of coverage on, you know, current affair, the project, morning shows. It seemed to be they were on something every other day for a couple of days there. It was um, impressive. But they obviously had a lot of commitments that they went through. So was this just them not being as prepared as physically and mentally in the fight as they had been because of those two championships and the perfect season? And do we see that this weekend where they got their butts candid to them, do they come out and really change it around and we see the Jet and Hunter that we know has been there all season again finally at round two? Yeah, it's possible. Like you said, I think they're pretty, you know, they're probably tired and, you know, you class it as a hangover. Um, it's been, you know, a long year uh, for the both of them and, you know, the last two weeks, you know, like you said, would have been a whirlwind. So, I think they come out uh, this weekend and uh, are on the podium. Maybe not a win. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I think they'll do a lot better this weekend. They've had a, you know, had a week to regroup. They'll probably find a few more settings that they think might work, um, and they're just, you know, 
they've had a race on the weekend, they might be back into the groove a little bit more than what they were after having that two or three weeks off uh, after the last round. Yeah, and one thing that I did notice that was actually cool but also points out something we were talking about earlier in the show with the drag strip I don't I can't remember which moto it was but Hunter was chasing down a few people obviously he was doing that in both motos but there was one point where he came out of that split section and jumped back onto the drag strip and he got so far out wide on the corner that he railed that uh, center wall of the drag strip he pushed all the way out and he bounced off that wall I'm certain of it um, so that was pretty cool but scary I don't I reckon he would have had a bit of a butt pucker moment as he headed towards that just to make sure he was going to turn off it and you know head the correct direction and not go somewhere into the scenery yeah and that's the last thing that you um you know that's the last thing you want you know hitting a concrete wall is not going to be um nice and uh i think we talked about it um no (laughs) no not at all i think uh yeah once you hit it that'll be it yeah exactly well look you know a lot obviously happened um, it's uh, it's not a common occurrence in a uh, supercross race or an outdoors race, concrete walls. <laughs> no, it's not something you usually want to see. It's even it kind of the only thing it kind of re- reminds me of, of now that they put that um, wall turn back in at High Point um, across the start straight there. It's kind of similar to that, and I still look at that and go, why the hell have they got a bunch of wooden boards on the exit of a corner that they're trying to bounce these guys off. It just seems like a dumb idea. Now they've got concrete barriers. That seems worse. But anyway, what, how to try and give an injury to somebody. It just it, Take it out. It's not part of motocross. I don't care about the history of the track. Fuck it off. It's this 2023. Come on. Anyway. All right. Well, let's, you know, looking ahead to this weekend at Chicago land, obviously the track changes, um, you know, Will Chet and Hunter rebound uh, we'll have to wait and see but uh let's switch gears just a little bit here there's been some updates through the well from last friday and again on tuesday this week all to do with the world supercross championship there's been two press releases that have come out about some things that are changing with world supercross some for the better some for the worse potentially depending on which country you're in um and if you want to see both of those press releases we've actually got them on our social accounts so you can check out one of our social accounts we've got the full press release scrolling through as a video uh, and some commentary on them so check those out there if you want to see the details of those but essentially what's happened is the group that was backing the world supercross financially has disappeared and new investors have come in which i think that's great benny i don't know about you but i think that's great we've still got people supporting the series financially yeah i think so we need it um and it's you know it was disappointing to hear you know that uh, whatever day it was you know the rumors started circulating that you know there might not be a there might not be a series anymore like that might be the end of it um you know it was disappointing to hear we all we all love racing and we all you know, we want as much as we can take. So, uh, yeah, to hear that someone has uh, taken over and backed it in is really good. Yeah, it's awesome. What I want to know is how does Adam Bailey go from one, you know, multi-million group air group to another so quickly? Can he can he set something up for us and you know get a financial backer for the Always Moto podcast? Is that do you reckon he could do that? Do you reckon it'd be possible? 
Oh, it could be possible. You might just have to send him a message. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. Um, we might yeah. tie. We might tie him down in the press box in Melbourne, right? And we'll see what we can do. We'll twist his arm, see if we can link us up with one of these millionaires that he seems to know so many of. But awesome work on his part, honestly. In, in all seriousness, awesome work for him. Obviously, have those ones original ones disappear on him to then in a short space of time find some new ones. So that's from my side of thing. That's highly impressive. All right, we just had some tech difficulties here. So if we say something that's the doubling up on something we've just said, apologies, but we've uh, tried to make sure that we got this going again. Don't know what's going on, but I've had a couple of tech issues today, but we're, we're rolling again. So, Benny, the next part of this story, we were just saying about Adam Bailey uh, getting the financial backing again and well done on hit that part. Uh, but the next part of these updates from the PRs from World Supercross has been around the calendar updates and changes too. And there's a couple of countries that are going to miss out on some rounds this year that have that were scheduled to do it. And I think one particular rider in uh, in this list is going to be a bit upset by it, but probably okay with the fact that the money he got to sign on for it, but still would have preferred to have a German GP. Now, Ken Roxon's probably not stoked on the calendar changes, but Germany's out, Singapore's out, and Canada's out. Uh, the rounds that remain for... 2023 are Abu Dhabi and the Aussie round in Melbourne. They are still on, so we're now down to a three-round series for 2023. Yeah, well, I think that would have been one of the big talking points for uh, Kenny was, you know, we're going to we're going to Germany. Um, he gets to run the number one plate in front of the fans, and you know, has sh- of course he'd sign up for that. But uh, like you said, he probably you know loves the money he's got in his account from it. Um, but pretty disappointed that he can't uh, go and race there, which uh, which sucks. But um, yeah, it's not great to see you know the races get dropped. We all want to see more racing and. Yeah, we had two rounds last year. Now we've gone to three, and we're supposed to have seven. Uh, so it's not ideal, but uh, in a selfish kind of way. Lucky for us, Melbourne's still on, so um, I guess we're lucky in that sense. Yeah, there's a few fans that weren't happy about, this, particularly the Canadian round. Um, I got a message from one um, when we put up the PR on the social channels there that uh, wasn't happy that it had disappeared. But yeah, like I'm with you. Selfishly, I'm happy that Melbourne's still going ahead as planned. Uh, but, yeah, it would suck if you're in one of those other countries or had planned to go to one of those other events um, in another country and sort of tied in with a holiday sort of thing. It would suck that that's now not happening at somewhat short notice. The Singapore round's meant to be basically in, what, two weeks or so. So, yeah, not not great. Um, ideally, the teams are all aware of all these things and probably were in more more up-to-date than what we were in the media with the press releases side of things. But... It still sucks. It's it's not what you wanted to see happen. Ideally, these rounds can pop back up in the 2024 series, but you do have to wonder about the calendar next year that they put out, how stable it is, because so far, this year's one has been far from stable. That's right. Uh, and I was, I was looking earlier, uh, and the... New investors that have uh, joined in are actually they own uh, one or two soccer teams uh, overseas. I think one's in France and one's in England. So uh, we didn't really know much about the other people, uh, from what I can remember. But uh, if we've got people that actually enjoy sport, um, and I mean soccer fans usually get pretty 
um, you know, pretty crazy with their supporting of teams, especially the owners. Uh, so if they can have, you know, somewhat uh, you know, enjoyment and positive, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? They enjoy it and, you know, they they back it. Uh, it might actually, you know, do well next year and we might get a full calendar. You know what? I've just as you were talking about that, and obviously the so- the the soccer team ownership sort of thing popped into my head. You know what we need to do? We need to do like a Wrexham FC, where bloody get Ryan Reynolds to buy World Supercross. <laughs> yeah, something like that Maybe would not be Ryan Reynolds, would be but somebody perfect. of that caliber. Like I know Matt LeBlanc is a is a Moto fan. Channing Tatum rides Moto. Can we can we get Adam Bailey? He seems to know plenty of millionaires. Can we get him to call up? Matt LeBlanc and say, do you want to do you want to invest in the series and and uh, create like a you know a, a, a uh, what do you call it a reality YouTube show around it or something and you know spike some interest in this thing? I don't I don't know. Just we need something. But yeah, you are right. If these guys that are the new investors are more sports fans and like you said, their soccer fans are pretty rowdy, pretty pretty passionate about their about their efforts. Hopefully, they can sway some things in those venues that they potentially already you know they might not own the venue as such but they own the club that they can get that club's venue to be you know a race or two fantastic um yeah still still a lot of these details are yet to be determined obviously they've had to make these announcements to show that things are still on track not a lot of detail in these announcements which they probably don't know those details at this stage and that's just you know some uncertainty for 2024 obviously around this side of things and we won't we'll probably know a bit more once we get to be at melbourne when they're at the final round and doing a press conference there we'll be able to find out some more of these answers hopefully but they still potentially won't know by that point because obviously the series is going to be another 12 months away at that stage so um yeah things a lot still to be determined now another couple of things with all this um issues that have been changing around with world supercross is the fact that I feel like some of the riders that rode round one have had some uh, team or ch- team or other type changes that they might not actually be a part of this moving forward. Um, one such name is uh, Gage Linville, who was on there at round one on the Honda with Uriv, but he's since signed with one of the KTM teams, uh, you know, one of the second grade t- teams in the States, uh, and potentially be riding KTMs at the moment. So I'm not sure how how that's going to sit for for Gage with with you know, the remaining world rounds. Another one's Colt Nichols. He's obviously signed with that beta team there in the States. I think he has some allowance to do the remaining rounds, but how much time is he going to be spending on that Rick Ware Kawasaki when he is uh, trying to test a brand-new beta for 2024 Supercross? And there's probably a couple other names that are just escaping me at this point, but I feel like there could be some rider changes uh, heading into these last two rounds in whatever shape or form they end up taking, Benny. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, like you said, you know, Colt's just been on the Kawasaki at the SMX races and then, um, you know, does he go back to the, the new bike now and then have to switch back over when it's time for the Abu Dhabi round? Um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, probably a lot of changes and riders that were there at the first round might not be there at the second round and, um, you know, people that weren't allowed to go uh, because they had, you know, other commitments and stuff like that now may be able to go. So 
yeah, I think it'll be a completely different field when it um, comes time for the second round. Let's just throw something wild out there. We obviously heard at Super Motocross at round one, we saw Cooper Webb changed over to the Yamaha and Star Racing, and he was talking on some other media things that he was doing about his the fact that he wanted to do World Supercross this year but couldn't because of the KDM arrangements, and then obviously he's out of that now. Do we see Cooper Webb as a wild card in Melbourne or something like that? It's possible. Uh, I think he was... From you know the few rumblings on the internet, he was talking to CDA Yamaha, um, but I think KTM just made it too difficult. Uh, so you know those talkings could happen, and you know he could just show up. Uh, but there's no reason why not. Yeah, that could be a really like he he obviously expressed that he wanted to do it at one point and wasn't able to, but now he can and. That wild card scenario would play really nicely into that because he could basically get one of the CDR, you know, bikes, um, bring his suspension and bars and you know, pipe or whatever, and 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 away he goes at the final round there as a wild card entry. That's what these wild cards are for in World Supercross. Um, it'd be pretty sweet if something like that happened, um, especially with all these other rider movements. What about even something like why, why don't they throw some money at Chase Sexton for a wild card and on his new KTM as a chance to race the bike before he uh, before he has to race it in AMA? I doubt he's going to do it, but these are the potential things that could happen, I guess. Well, that's right, and um, you know, speaking of Webb and being a wild card, uh, we know that there's a certain mechanic coming to Australia in the time of the Oz SX yeah, series. Yes. Uh, so will a certain rider come with that mechanic and fit in somewhere there? Who knows? It wouldn't be a, uh, a particular YouTube star that you're referencing there, would it? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Look, there is plenty of riders now that I think with these last two rounds um, that could be a wild card entry um, because of the availability of this sort of these changes now. So, yeah, who knows? Let's let's wait and see what gets announced. There's obviously going to be more press releases from the World Supercross guys in the coming weeks as these things get you know sorted out and 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 permanent. Hopefully, um, so yeah. Let's let's keep an eye. Moral of the story: Let's keep an eye on the our, on the Always Moto social channels. We'll be putting these PRs out um, a bit more uh, as we go through. So yeah, keep an eye on those and see what else comes through. Um, last thing before we take a break here, Benny, you mentioned while we're doing a bit of um, pre-recording prep that it'd be interesting if you're one of those World Supercross persons that bought the uh, like fans that bought the World Supercross TV package internationally. Uh, and paid for something that you thought were going to be six, seven rounds deep, and now you're getting half of that. I'd be wondering if you're getting half of that money back or not. Well, that's right. I mean, the uh, Super Motocross Pass for us, uh, the international viewers, is $250. Um, yeah, and that's Australian. So I'm not sure what, uh, you know, WSX were charging, but, uh, you know, if you're in the same you know, sort of triple figure payment and now you've only got three rounds instead of the seven, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't be too happy with that. 
Yeah, I did notice one of the press releases, or it might have been just a statement that Adam Bailey made on one of his social accounts that he, you know, if you'd bought a ticket for the, I think it was the Canadian round had been on sale, or maybe the Singapore round, one of the two, um, that you know you'd get a full refund. But obviously, yeah, that that you've made a good point about the the TV package side of things uh, as whether that's going to be looked at at all, or if that's just a oh shit, suck it and see sort of you know tough luck sort of thing, move on. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the question I'm sure will be asked and there's probably, you know, people that have been emailing and whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's it's unlucky. I mean, again, like I said before, selfishly, <laughs> we're lucky we get it for free on the 7 Plus app. Um, but, yeah, I feel for, you know, people that have probably paid the same amount that we pay for the Super Motocross Pass. You know what I'm going to say, like you said, selfish, but make make that sort of uh, obvious statement as an Aussie fan for a change. Um, sucked in, you guys are getting what we've had to deal with for, for years now, trying to watch AMA stuff and getting poor coverage and paying for something that didn't work and whatnot. So, yeah, kind of um, maybe karma will get me for saying that one. I don't know, but, you know, I feel like it's just this, just finally some, uh, some uh, you know, return serve. Yeah, and it's, you're right. Like you know, it's especially the you know the stupid hours sometimes that you know if you want to watch it live, um, you know, like SMX was on at four thirty the other morning. You know, so for us, it's still different times. Um, but yeah, just you know, in the way that things work out for us, it's it's nice to yeah not be on the end of something like that for a change. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, look. Interesting times ahead for World Supercross. We'll keep an eye on it, obviously, here with Always Moto. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to seeing what it plays out and obviously being a part of it there in Melbourne. All right, Benny, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back. We've got a, an emergency department that's not really an emergency department coming up here, so we'll take a quick break. Hey, guys and girls, I'm Gage Linville, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are into the emergency department. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast slash YouTube channel. Yes, that's right. If you're watching, you should be listening. If you're listening, you should be watching. That all worked, didn't it? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. All right, let's jump into the emergency department or lack of an emergency department this week after Super Motocross from Charlotte. The emergency department. All the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You don't want to be on this list, and it seems they've finally taken my advice. Nobody is on this list. Well, at least that we know of. It's never exactly true to the word that they're there or they're not there from an injury because it's moto. People hide injuries. That's why we do this show, try to bring out the information to try and show you people out there what's going on, what's really happening. But so far... It seems like nothing's actually happening from the um, round one at Super Motocross there at, at Charlotte. Uh, heading to this week to Chicago, that everyone should be pretty well good to go. Yes, we've got some little notes to make here, we'll, so we'll run through those quickly. Um, the one that we're waiting on a response from is Bryce Shelley. He went down in that LCQ for the 450s. Not sure of his status at this stage. We're expecting that he might be just beat up and hopefully okay, but we don't have any confirmation of that. So check this space back in a day or so which means check our social channels. Uh, Hayden Deegan went down in qualifying, raced, obviously won first moto, 
fifth, I think it was, in second moto. Uh, said that he didn't feel great in that second moto. Ideally, the week between now and that next race uh, has given him the chance to recover from that, and he's all good to go. Uh, who else went down? Jet went down. He went down in qualifying as well. Probably a little beat up from it. Seemed okay uh, to come back for second in that second moto there for the 450s, but he went down. A few other guys went down throughout the day. Nothing major, nothing reportable here in the emergency department, it seems. But we do have some other things still to come from here for you guys and girls out there. Just an update on Carson Mumford. Yes, he was sick. He didn't race Moto2. It seems that whatever has been causing him to be uh, unwell during the week, he had no energy left for the second Moto and wasn't unable to race. Levi Kitchen, similar scenario. Let out early in that Moto1, got run down by his teammate. Uh, but we think that's to do with the sickness that he was battling through all week as well. Um, no word on what either of those two was suffering from. Hopefully it's a short-lived uh, situation and they are back to normal this weekend in Chicago, but we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Ideally, they didn't give it to anybody else on their team as well that then results in them having poor weekends this weekend. So keep an eye on that as well. Whether they'll um, get a little too friendly in the truck, getting dressed or not, we'll have to wait and see. But ideally, both of them are recovered and they haven't spread it to anybody from what they've had for that week. Uh, and Ty Masterpool is a lovely, interesting story for me. As I say at the beginning of these podcasts, I'm not a doctor, I'm a physiotherapist. And this is crossing over into that uh, doctor's sort of side of things. He had an appendix issue that kept him out of Ironman. Now, as far as I'm aware, an appendix issue is something that needs to be removed. It's an emergency situation. Somehow he hasn't had that removed. He's delayed it by taking some high-dose antibiotics. Now, if anybody who knows you take some antibiotics, I take them every day because I don't have a spleen, um, but from a bike crash, just FYI. Um, but if you're taking high dosage of them, it can really knock you around. It can sap your energy. It just makes you not have that same endurance that you would previously. Uh, for whatever reason, the body's response to that is taking a lot of effort to process that and then fight off the bugs that they're um, occurring from. Now, in his case, they won't kill the issue that's going on. The appendix will have to be removed. This is a temporary measure to try and keep him in play for these uh, three races. How he'll go this week, it's anybody's guess. He was saying that he had sort of seven to nine minutes of effort in him. Uh, that seemed to be the case. He was out front and then dropped back. Let's just see how it plays out. But I do expect at some point he'll either get through this A-OK and be able to get to a scheduled surgery to remove the appendix or the appendix is going to play its own game and it's going to burst and he's going to have an emergency situation and have to get it out ASAP and that will put him out. So... He's got a week and a half to go uh, from when I'm recorded at this point. So let's see if he makes it all the way through. I am interested to talk to him about how this is going. I tried to reach out to him, but I've had no response from Ty. Um, so we'll look to see if we can get in touch with him at some point before the end of this season and before he gets that appendix out, just to see how he's coping through. But that's it. That's all we have. The emergency department is not our usual thing. Normally there's a broken leg, a broken wrist, a dislocated shoulder, you know, plenty of things that usually go through. What was it that caused this to have a shorter slash non-existent list? I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that we have the higher quality riders only on the track and we have a re obviously because of that we have a reduced number because it's the playoffs. We've cut out all of those sort of privateer 40 plus um, position riders not on track. So one, the track's not breaking down as much, but also there's not as many people out there um, in each session. So there's plenty of room for them to all move about and the skill level's a lot higher. So hopefully that was 
a reason. But let's see what happens at round two. Now, we spoke about this at the before the first round here about if there was injuries, what they would do for riders' availability for round two because they had to go through and call people to fill this unseated LCQ list so they could have riders to qualify into the main event. They didn't have lose anybody, so my question remains unanswered. So we'll have to see if we have an injury in round two. What happens for the riders' list at round three? Will they be looking to call somebody else or will, with the one round remaining, just go with the riders that they have available? We'll have to wait and see. Until then, stick around. We'll have another one of these episodes next week. So check out, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, leave a comment about if you know anything that we don't know anything about um, in terms of injuries in the sport. If you want us to check into a particular injury, drop a comment below. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, stick around. We've got more to come. Thanks for watching. Hey, guys, it's Aaron Tanti, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, let's get into a Dave's Diatribe right now on the podcast. This is Dave's Diatribe. What's a diatribe? A diatribe is a forceful and bitter attack against someone or something. So keep your head down. You might be next. You might be next. Let's go. We haven't had one of these for a couple of weeks. I've been pretty tame on these sorts of things. But i got to tell you, the thing that got me going this weekend with the coverage on the Super Motocross World Championship, one was the fact they keep calling it a World Championship. It's not a World Championship, guys. But let's move on past that. It's just an American thing. You guys all seem to do it with your sporting events. They're just national championships, but you like to call it the world, like the world revolves around America. But it doesn't. But anyway, moving on. What the hell is the go with this Super Motocross champ stat when they put up James Stewart, when they put up Ricky Carmichael, they're now 15 and three-time Super Motocross champions? They are not. We know this is the first time this event has ever happened. You're saying so on the broadcast. Stop making up stats that don't exist. Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, Chad Reed, Ryan Villapoto, uh, Ryan Dungey, uh, who else can come to mind here, buddy? All of the past championship champions. Never raced the Super Motocross Championship. It didn't exist before 2023. Don't make out like it did. They didn't race that. They didn't win the money for the Super Motocross World Championship. It didn't exist. Stop putting it up there. Please just write James Stewart, three-time AMA champion. Ricky Carmichael, 15-time AMA champion. Or break it down. However many, two for two for Supercross, one for Motocross for James. Whatever it is, just break it down. Do not make it out like they raced Super Motocross before because they didn't. You said so on the broadcast. It's the inaugural Super Motocross event. Nobody's ever won one of these before. He's the first time winner for a Super 450 Super Motocross moto. Duh. But don't put out this other stats. All right. Diatribe over. But it's valid, right? If you don't think so, leave a comment below. I think it's valid. Uh, if it doesn't piss you off, you should. It really should. It's frustrating. Thanks for watching, guys. All right. On the podcast, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with more. It's Lorenzo Lacurcio. You're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Lorenzo Lacurcio aquí. Estamos en el Always Moto Podcast. Escúchalo. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast and thanks for listening as always. Now, just a quick thing before we wrap up the show here. Uh, we've been doing a couple of little different things on the social channels this past few weeks. Uh, I've been actually putting out some videos both across TikTok uh, and the YouTube and onto Instagram. 
uh, of the press releases, just some little scrolling videos like screen, screen records of the press releases so that you can see them uh, and just having a little comment over the top from myself as a, as a bit of commentary. If you like seeing those actual press releases and that little bit of commentary, send us a message, let me know. I'm just trying that out to see if you guys are interested in seeing the actual you know, press release firsthand rather than having it reprinted into a written article that you've then got to read. Um, just with those comments over the top, giving you the summary of what's going on. Hoping you're enjoying that. We'll do a few more of these, but let me know if you like that and if you want to see more of them because uh, we get in, we get press releases from all over, um, not just AMA. We're getting uh, Australian-based ones. We're getting product-based ones. We're getting MXGP ones. Uh, so we, we're in into the sport pretty deep with these press releases now, uh, and I want to try and bring more of that to you guys. So if you like the way that we're doing it, let me know. All right. So let's get this thing wrapped up. Uh, reminder to follow us on our social media pages. Stay up to date with all things injury in moto. Um, search always moto and then follow up, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed and our YouTube. Our YouTube is where it's at. We need to get more viewers up. We need to get more subscribers up so that we can get to our, hoping to get to that monetized side of things so that we can actually make some money out of this thing. Uh, even if it is ever so small. But we're just trying to aim that. We're trying to get that 1,000 subscribers on uh, YouTube. We're at about 250 now, which isn't too bad. And we're getting plenty of good views, but we just need to get a few more people subscribing. So if you could subscribe, if you haven't already, please do so. Check out all of our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au. Check out the latest one that we've done for the Liat 24 range of MX gear that's been released. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's got some interesting stuff about the sizing so that you can guys can pick the right stuff, especially nowadays lots of people are ordering online. Uh, hopefully that will help you order the right size gear the first time around. But that's it for another show. Thanks to the uh, thanks to Competitive Edge Performance, Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to the contractor. Thanks to you guys and girls for listening. And remember, you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.